welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. Uh, I really appreciate you being here with me today on this episode as we talk about us versus them. You know, sometimes in churches, and I've been in quite a few different ones, uh, consulting, but also coaching and then serving uh, over my 35 years of ministry uh, and growing up in the church, I've watched this happen where at times, even though we say we are one body and we serve one Savior and Lord, uh, we tend to draw silos. I've talked about silos on this on this podcast before um, where different departments of ministries uh, sometimes build walls around themselves and claim territory, uh, claim volunteers and all those kind of things. And we want to talk about that on this episode, but not just, we're not talking about silos again, but we are talking about a mentality. There seems to be sometimes when I'm walking with people or when I'm reading some of the forums, uh, Facebook groups, that there are times where you can see and feel in someone's post a real sense of frustration with either their senior leader or fellow staff Um and they feel like their toes have been stepped on, that, that they've had some issues. And so today on this episode, we're going to be talking about this us versus them mentality. And does it creep into the church? And when it does, what can we do about it? Um, before we do that, just remind you that uh, this episode is brought to you by RestoringLeaders.org. Restoring Leaders is helping you live restored and lead renewed. If you're struggling with overwhelm, uh, burnout, hurt, uh, maybe you're afraid you are getting burned out, or maybe you're trying to recover from ministry or leadership burnout. I'd love for you to reach out to the, the uh, restoringleaders.org. Uh, you can schedule a, a call where you can talk with, with me or with someone else uh, about what you're going through. And uh, we want to walk with you and we want to help you get through those things. It's all by donation basis. It's pay what you can uh, and uh, we are just here to serve you and want to help you. So check it out, restoringleaders.org. Um, you can see all the different resources there. There's going to be some more courses and webinars and different things shared. There's also a private Facebook group um, that deals specifically with soul care for leaders. Uh, and uh, just go check out that Facebook group, request to join it. We would love to have you over there as well. So let's dive into this week's episode of the Kid Ministry Collective podcast. And it's entitled again, Us Versus Them. You know, this creeps into the church. I've seen it. I've been in small churches. I've been in large churches. Believe it or not, everybody kind of gets this. Uh, sometime we we go through seasons where it feels like, and especially now because volunteers feel like we're in, they're in short supply, that oftentimes we get this us versus them mentality, and not just with volunteers. Sometimes it comes in situations where we're trying to do budgets, and all of a sudden one department's getting, it feels like, more money than other departments. And why is that? And so it creates this us versus them mentality. It creeps in uh, when senior leaders uh, will give constructive criticism 
or what will feel like criticism and a leader all of a sudden is it's us versus them, me versus them, me versus the world. And it's amazing how uh, dangerous this can be to a leader, uh, to a leader's heart. This is a definite symptom. I will say it is one of the symptoms of burning out or at least spiritually burning out because our hearts and our minds, instead of being as a team and really truly being one body, we end up guarding our own interests. Um, and scripture says we're to look to others' interests or look to others' needs before our own. And sometimes that means not getting everything you think you should deserve. And here's the thing. When we start getting isolated, when we start building thicker walls and narrower doors in our ministry silo, our department, um, we can very easily slide into the negative version of this. Um, there's, a, I, I've, I've said it before. I've said it on that other podcast episode about silos that silos aren't a bad thing. They're natural. We all have departments. That's what it is, but our silos need to have thin walls and big doors, meaning that everybody should be able to see in what we're doing, know what we're doing. Our leader, senior leaders should never have to guess at what we're doing and how we're spending our time, how we're spending our resources. I always said when I when I got to a position where I was a senior leader for a while, I even said to my the team, look, I don't want history lessons. I don't want to know something after the fact, uh, when you're hurting, when you need something, when you're frustrated. I want you to come directly to me immediately while it's fresh, while it's hot, um, while the need is there, because I didn't want to give room for the mentality of us versus them, me versus you mentality and it just creeps in so you can understand where i think where i'm going today uh, i hope that you can track with me that this is what happens so again why why does this mentality slide in well sometimes it's because a volunteer gets asked to volunteer in another department and leaders didn't consult with each other and talk about it and so it feels like somebody stole a volunteer from somebody else and then all of a sudden ooh, that hurts a little bit um, where, you know, we get into this competition mode because our volunteer pools are smaller. We tend to guard the people that we have. And then when we're recruiting somebody, we want to make sure we get that recruit. Well, it can be dangerous. Again, sometimes this stuff, this mentality creeps in when we're told no or not now, or we're given a piece of criticism that feels harsh or personal that it's easy to slide in. What does this kind of mentality cost us when when church staffs start thinking me versus them? Uh, it's me against the world. Uh, it can cost the staff. People tend to hold back when they feel this kind of tension in the room. They don't give their very best ideas because, well, they have to protect it. Um, you know, it, when your relationship with someone is out of alignment, uh, it can feel very, you know, it, it can feel very personal and it can hurt very deeply. And so it can cost you because you end up pulling back. You end up holding back. Have you ever felt that? I, I know I have. I've been on a staff team where we were very combative and we were very cynical with each other. Uh, we were critical of each other. Um, we didn't want to help each other out as easily and freely as we should have. Uh, when you're healthy, 
you give and you take, uh, you share, you network, you you work together, you pull on that rope in the same direction. But when you're unhealthy, it could be like a four-way tug-of-war. Every department's pulling to try to get to the middle and get the get the middle beanbag. If you've been in Awana, you know that illustration. Um, it's it's dangerous uh, and it's frightening, and we have to watch out. Um, silos or this kind of tension creates thicker walls and smaller doors in our silos. We guard our turf. We don't let people in. We don't want people to see what we're doing. It creates that territorial mindset. Um, and no one really gives their best. So ultimately it costs a lot when we allow these kind of mindsets in. And so that's why we have to guard our hearts and our minds as leaders. I know it hurts when we're said we're told no or not now, or we're given some hard, harsh criticism or what seems like sharp criticism, or one of our volunteers decides to go work in a different department because the leader <laughs> recruited them without even thinking about asking if this person was already serving somewhere else. Um, so what do we do about it? Well, there's several things that I think have proven helpful over the years. First is stop it from happening all to begin with. Now you're going, well, duh, Tom, that's obvious. Well, but but it is obvious. But unfortunately, we don't stop it when we should. We wait too long. So we're supposed to stop it as soon as we see it, as soon as we feel it. That means we have to call it out. And we have to be honest as, as an individual a leader and as a team that we are being careful to make sure that we aren't guilty of doing some of those things that contributes to someone else. We don't go off and recruit students without talking to the student pastor or the student director. Uh, we need to, we need to make sure that we're doing that because we would want that same respect given back to us. So one of the things that you do is you, if you're going to do this in the volunteer area, and you don't want the us versus them mentality creeping in is yes, communicate with teams, set up a system, especially like the, one of the biggest areas that I hear about from leaders is volunteers right now. And so you need to, as, as a staff, whether you're a small church or a large church, it doesn't matter. You need to communicate with other department people. You need to find one way, a system that works for you. Um, and it could be as simple as a Google spreadsheet or an Excel sheet where everybody's names in the church are listed. And there's notes on there where somebody is serving. Um, so you know not to ask somebody who's serving in another department to come serve in your department. Uh, if you're in the recruiting process, uh, if you got new prospects that are coming into the, the church that have indicated they want to serve, that they're told about all the variety of places that they can serve, and then you guide them to the best fit. Everybody has to agree. We want the best fit for the right people. We don't want to just collect bodies in our department uh, and spaces. We want to recruit for the best, and we want to help each other. So recruit for other departments. One of the ways that you can combat this and make heal this is go recruit for other departments. Um, I, I'll never forget the look on uh, our our youth pastor's face when I was a children's pastor. Um, I, oftentimes I served as children's and youth pastor, so I had to have these battles in my own self. <laughs> I'd recruit for both departments. I had to figure out which was the best place for that person to fit. But when I was just a children's pastor and I wasn't the youth pastor at the same time, I remember recruiting some a, a couple, a husband and wife team that I wanted to serve in our children's area. 
And uh, I, I had positions for each of them. Uh, they weren't going to be serving together, actually, um, but they would be serving in the same service. And uh, as I started talking to the husband, I realized, honestly, he would have been a better fit for our middle school department. He just had this knack for that fifth and sixth grade boy. And I realized that. And so I called up my my youth pastor after meeting with this individual. And I said, hey, I've got somebody that you need to have in your student ministry. This guy is going to be fantastic. I'd like to set up an introduction with you. And so I set up an email introduction, um, introduced the two of them, uh, encouraged them to meet for coffee. And sure enough, they met for coffee, hit it off. And it was a perfect fit um, for that. The wife joined our children's ministry team and it was fantastic. So, you know, you can recruit. Guess guess what? It wasn't long after that, that the youth pastor came to me and said, hey, I've got somebody who they're not really a fit for, for our middle school or our high school ministry, but they would be great in your preteen group. Um, would you like to meet them? If you set up that cross-communication, if you work together in those areas, it's amazing how freeing that feels, how open it pushes the doors open of, of your silo even more, and it keeps you from combating against each other, from competing with each other for volunteers. So in a day and age where volunteers are in slim uh, pickings and supply and short supply, I encourage you to sit down with your staff team and to say, okay, the reality is we're all shorthanded. So we have to work together and we have to communicate. Uh, and where can we help each other? Where can we give and take? Uh, where can we push together? Where can we recruit together um, and help each other develop the system? So develop a system that works for you. Develop a way to communicate, whether that's using Planning Center or one of those kind of tools. Or, or like I say, it could be as simple as a Google Sheet. Uh, it could be a whiteboard. Um where you list people's names and where they're serving or who's on the recruitment list and where they are in the process um, of all those things. But don't just recruit for yourself and hoard the volunteers. Share them with others and you'll see that it is a huge, huge blessing. But protect all. It's always us versus the enemy, not us versus them, meaning our own church people. You know, one of the things that we value more than anything, and one of our team values always was, you are more important than any any program plan or purpose I have. I have to guard our hearts together. I value you and who you are more than what I do or what you can do for me. When we put people first before programming and everything else, it's amazing how that kills off the negative side of the us versus them things. And so watch out for those guard from that, protect that at all costs. Now let's stop talking about volunteers for a second. Let's talk about relationships with senior leaders, direct reports. So how do we keep ourselves from getting into that mindset? Well, you know, one of the things that I, I was talking with a senior pastor one time and he said, I just wish my staff would realize that when I say no or not now, it's because I see a bigger picture than what they probably see at that moment. And, you know, I think sometimes, especially when I was younger, I didn't understand that well enough. 
And I would get very frustrated with my senior leader because I wasn't getting the budget money that I wanted. I wasn't giving the space or the technology or, or the freedom that I wanted to do some of the things that I wanted to do. I want to encourage you to not make your senior leaders the enemy because that's exactly what the enemy of God wants you to do. He wants to divide and conquer. He wants to isolate you. He wants you to feel like your pastor is out to get you or the hand, the shoe is going to drop and they're going to fire you and kick you out. Don't lead with that kind of mentality. Don't serve with that kind of mentality. You need to realize that they are on your side, that we're all on the same side, that we're working together. And so when you're told no, or when you're told not now, or it's not necessary yet, please resist the temptation to get mad and upset about it. I know it gets frustrating at times, but listen, you will win your pastor's heart by showing that you are willing to submit to their leadership and that if they have a reason, whether they tell you the reason or not, and they don't have to tell you the reason, you need to submit and follow the leadership. God has called them to be the senior leader, not you, not me. And boy, I learned that a lot too late. I, I put myself into a hole and, and created this tension that didn't need to be there between myself and my senior leader because I felt like, oh, they never wanted to do anything that I want to do. They, you know, it was just like a little kid. And I know, man, I, I had to have somebody just kind of snap me out of it verbally and say, Tom, stop, grow up, <laughs> pay attention. Your leader sees so much bigger than you do. You're seeing your department and I appreciate you advocating for your department, but come on. Your senior leader has to manage and deal with so many other things. You know, it wasn't until a, a, a very painful experience in my life and watching a senior pastor get shredded verbally by another church member and watching him break down and, and literally quit. He was just, just gutted by, by this, this leader. Uh, he happened to be a deacon in our church. And he just ripped my pastor to shreds verbally. I could hear a lot of the conversation. I wanted to break down the door, but my pastor looked me off. I was literally looking through the window and the other man didn't see me, but my pastor did. And he just shook his head like, nope, don't come in. Um, and I wanted to go in so badly. And after that man left, I went rushing into my pastor's office to only watch him just break down and sob, broken. Because there was this us versus them mentality that had crept into the leadership. And that man felt like he had the right to come in and berate my pastor. And I realized that there were times in the past that I did that to him when he would tell me, no, Tom, we can't do that right now. It's a great idea. I love your creativity. But you know what? We got to reel it in a little bit. We we just don't have the money for that right now, or or is that really the best use of your time? I know you're excited about it, and the you know I had I'd come in all guns a blazing that this is the best idea ever. This is going to reach so many kids and so many students, and we got to do this. And he would be like, "No, not not right now. I just I just don't feel like that's that's the best use of your time and energy." And I'd walk out and be all, you know. 
And then I, and I would, why is he being such a stick in the mud, you know, and I get all upset. And then I realized, well, it's because he saw so many other things and he was dealing with things. And anyway, I saw this guy just got my pastor and he quit. And, and it wasn't until months later that we could sit and talk. And as we talked, I, I started to ask questions and I discovered something. And I don't think he truly meant to let it out, but he did. That there were people that were coming after me and what, what I was doing and some of the events that I had done. And they were criticizing me to him, and he took all the hits for me. I think sometimes we forget that our senior leaders take the flaming arrows that we never know are flying in our direction because he's our shield. He's stepped in the way for them. So before you get upset with your senior leader and start getting combative and drawing territorial lines and thinking that they are not for you, remember that they take the hits that you don't see. Now, yes, you may be saying, well, Tom, yeah, that's great. My, but my leader, you don't know my leader. My leader is doing nothing for me. And, and my leader has hurt me deeply. And hey, trust me, I can tell you stories about a very toxic leader I served with for way too long. Trust me. Uh, I've got the wounds to that one too. I get it. And there are times where, yes, if it appears and and you know after, uh, well, there's a lot of conditions. I, that's not this episode to get into. But if you need help, again, reach out through Restoring Leaders. Um, we'll talk and I can help you sort through whether you should stay or whether you should go, whether this is a toxic leader or this is just something that you just have to say, okay, I submit. But I think that's the key is for all of us leaders to keep that mind, dangerous mindset away from us is first submit your heart to Jesus. Let him lead you and guide you and then submit your heart to your leader and trust their heart. Assume the best, not the worst. Always assume the best, not the worst. So. I'm going to wrap up this episode. I hope these th few things have been helpful. I hope that you can go in to uh, these next few weeks and that as we get closer to the end of the year uh, for 2022, that you can find uh, such a blessing when it when you work with your team with a we mindset over a me mindset. That that you can keep your open hand and hold the ministry in an open hand rather than a closed fist. So I hope you'll have a great day. Uh, that, thanks for taking time to listen to this episode. Again, I'd love to hear some feedback. would love to hear any questions you have that you'd like us to address on this episode or another episode of the, the podcast, or if you have a guest that you'd like to do it. If you're a resource provider and you, you would love to sponsor our episodes, um, we're now well over 100,000, over 101,000 downloads now um, of this podcast, and we would love to have some sponsors from occasion. Uh, so if you're a resource provider and you'd like to, to have some airtime, we would love to talk to you. You can message me, um, anytime about that. So again, thanks for listening to this episode of the kids ministry collective podcast. And I hope that you'll join me for another episode real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the kids ministry collective podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. 
If you would support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.